And here we go. Um, it was truly a masterpiece. I don't know about all that. Ugh, absolutely the worst movie ever. Hands down, bar none, the greatest action spectacular ever. Well, uh, the other one just stuck them up. Are you asking me? I promise I'm not going to sing this time around. Welcome to the Don't Be Crazy Podcast. I'm Justin Cavender. With me, as always, is Mr. Zachary Rancourt. Here we discuss and dissect what makes a film absolutely amazing or... Or, there's an or, <laughs> just pure rubbish. All that we ask of each other is don't be crazy. Don't be crazy, Zach. You're a smooth smoothie, you know. <laughs> yeah, I am now that I know that that's what he says. <laughs> I always thought he said smooth smoother for like 20 goddamn years. It's awesome. Smooth smoothie. <laughs> no gene, no money. <laughs> <laughs> no gene, no money. You don't know. There was one episode where I said that. Like, you don't know. Just whistling Dixie here. You and say it quite a bit, and I, do I? I laugh. I laugh every time because I'm. I, I just imagine him going. You don't. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I caught that in a, in a replay. I was like, "What the fuck was I talking about?" Maybe laugh. Oh yeah, I know. No dream, no money. I'm yeah. cooperating, darn tootin'. <laughs> the best is ah, what the Christ. Ah, what the Christ. Fine, yeah. we'll do another lot count. Yeah. <laughs> ah, he's escaping the scene. Or he's fleeing yeah. the scene. He's fleeing the interview. He's fleeing the interview. <laughs> oh, did you know um that Mike, Mike, um what's his last name? Uh, you know, your super lady. He um is in Falling Down. He plays the detective who is in charge of like robberies or something or not robberies. Oh yeah, Mike Yanagita. Yeah, Yanagita. He brings over um the shop owner, the Korean shop owner. And I'm like, "Oh my god, it's Mike." I, I did not realize that was him. <laughs> yeah. He was a super lady. I always liked you. <laughs> so you went and married Norm Sonnegunson. <laughs> that's so funny oh i love that movie but uh anyways how are you (laughs) i'm good i'm good no complaints i'm just uh rocking and rolling i suppose um i watched uh the shang chi and the legend of the ten rings there and that was incredible that's probably my favorite uh mcu origin film and it ranks pretty high in my my all time MCU list. Wow! Uh, yeah, it was really good, dude. I enjoyed the shit out of it. And uh, went with my buddy Josh, and we had a blast. Uh, those of you that uh, listen to the Geek Legacy podcast, Josh is the one that uh, put that game together for us to rank all the comic book movies. And he was on that episode, and so uh, yeah, we went and checked it out together, and we both really really liked it. It was awesome. Uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, Ink Master. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I always want another tattoo. But after watching this show and how these people are and their egos just being like through the roof and obnoxious, <laughs> I just I'm not interested in ever getting another tattoo ever again. <laughs> and the, the thing is, like, I don't even feel like it's a small sample size because I've watched like seven of these seasons now and there's like 16 contestants. So 16 times seven, that represents every tattoo artist in the whole world. And so. <laughs> I'm just, I'm over it. None of them encourage each other. They're all assholes. And I'm just like, fuck, man. I don't want to get another gut dang tattoo. So I'm not going to do it. And then um, Heels. I'm still watching Heels. It's on Stars, And it's so goddamn good, dude. I love it so much. And uh, last, so, so it was on Sunday nights. 
And just there was a scene where everyone was just having a really good time. And like I started crying. It was so weird. Like I was just, I don't know, maybe I'm pregnant or something, but <laughs> I just was very emotional and I just started, I just started crying. I was having such a good time watching it. It was so weird. So I encourage you to to support uh, Shang-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings. If you feel that it is safe enough to go to a movie theater, I definitely encourage you to do it. If you're one of those people that are out, um, you know, rocking out with your Ten Rings out, then you might as well go to the Motion Picture <laughs> Show and uh, check it out and, and support these amazing Asian artists. They're so fucking awesome in this movie. It's, it's absolutely dynamite. Blew me away. The choreography is awesome. The effects are really cool. The story is a lot of fun. It has a lot of heart. It has a lot of comedy. And I just enjoyed the shit out of it. So uh, if you have a moment and you feel safe, please go see it in the theater. If not, uh, I think you will still have an amazing experience when you watch it at home. That's a big reason I like the John Wick franchise is because they keep giving a lot of work to some incredible Asian um, actors who, you know, like stunt actors and such. So uh, like I love the raid redemption and a lot of those guys are in uh, John Wick two and three. And it's just so cool to keep seeing them work because I am such a sucker for any type of hand to hand combat film Mm -hmm. where it's just a choreographed fight and I am just in awe the entire time. So I, I, I've been reading stuff on Shang-Chi, which I usually don't, but I, I'm excited for it. So it might be the first movie that I'll go see in theaters in, you know, in a fortnight, basically. Yeah. <laughs> in no, many it, fortnights. <laughs> it was, I mean, I, I, so I haven't been to a movie theater uh, since Ford v. Ferrari. Um, that was the last movie I saw. And I was in New York City, and that was just right when the pandemic was happening. So, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't remember. I that's when it was. It might have been October, November. But uh, I think the last time I went to the movies was sometime around March of February or March of 2020. Hmm. So, yeah, crazy. But definitely check it out. And freaking Victor Drago's in it, too. Uh, Mr. Florian, he's in it. He's he's a, an interesting character. He plays Razor Fist. Oh, wow. Does he have razors yeah. on his fist? Next, sort of. We got like, uh, you know, Michelle Yeoh and fucking uh, Tony Leung. Yeah. Uh, and those two have been making movies together forever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's brilliant. I always enjoy his movies. I had to watch a lot of them in like my new age cinema class, uh, which was in circa 2002. And, you know, I saw a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, aside from like Hard Boiled, but there's also like Chunking Express and fucking uh, Happy Together uh tokyo raiders he's just he's awesome man i absolutely love him but all the combat in this movie is insane i uh, just cranks it to a whole nother level and i absolutely loved it so cool check it out when okay. you get a chance what have you been watching so i have been watching uh hbo max it has all the harry potter films on there so i've seen them a, a boatload of times but i put them on in the background when i work or you know i take breaks and i watch them but yeah harry potter one through eight um, and absolutely love them. Uh, Do you laugh when you hear lines that we say all the time? <laughs> not me, not Hermione, you. you. Yeah. We'll take the lot. We'll take I the like lot. Too. Uh, and I, you know, I still think the third one is my all time favorite one. It's just so goddamn good. But they, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty awesome and they get so much darker as it gets older and the stakes are raised. Um, but it's, uh, they're, they're quite remarkable. So I absolutely love Harry Potter. And then I started watching The White Lotus after you, me and Mark were uh, discussing it. Um, I jumped on it and I am enjoying the hell out of it for the first couple episodes. It's very much about privilege and uh, very on the nose about that. But it's 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 quite satirical and funny. Mm -hmm. And then it's funny because I had a conversation with you uh, a while back about how 
uh, on HBO Max, they have the entire uh, Nightmare on Elm Street catalog, except for some reason, a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, which they just put it on. So they must have just got the rights for it. But uh, I think it is so good. And it's it might even be better than the first one. And the only reason why I say that is because I think that the kills are way more creative. Um, I think Robert England is like at his best when he's just being goofy and scary and it's it's like a gross film you know you bring you bring nancy back it's just it's such an interesting movie right but um i, I don't I think really you're alone it. yeah i think uh, i think a lot of if if you were to ask people name a sequel that's better than the original uh i think you'd be hard pressed to find a list that didn't include uh dream warriors on yeah. it yeah it's just a fun it's it, it's a fun idea and it it's really interesting because, you know, the second one was was garbage. And then the third one just really was like, we're going to scrap all of that. Yeah. So the second one was just different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's fair to call it garbage. I think it was definitely different. But the, what's cool about the third one, though, uh, maybe we should do an episode on it because it's pretty awesome. But one of my favorite things is that there are the part of the conflict is they're already in uh, a mental health institution. So right. no one's going to believe them. All the anyone that can help them at least at the beginning of the movie is not willing to believe uh, what their struggle is. Right. And so when they're trying to tell everybody like, look, man, I'm having these terrible nightmares. It's dangerous. It's some scary shit. And they're just like, Oh, you got to work through it. And it's like, no man. <laughs> and then they're, what's their punishment being put to sleep. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty brutal uh, from, from a, a podcast that we talk about pretty often of how, we hate the idea of not being believed. That's a perfect example, right? Where you're literally in a mental institution and they think that you're, you know, you're lying. Uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. They just don't believe you. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm a fan. I think that'd be a fun one. We get Steve on the show to discuss his, his horror prowess and all that shit. So that'd be, that'd be cool. I'd a hundred percent be down for that one. And then I also watched uh, Boogie Nights. Love that movie so much. I've seen it a bunch and I just kind of put it on uh, on a whim and I fucking love it. So <laughs> can I ask you a question? <laughs> How much you squat? Yeah. <laughs> so you didn't say it. Well, you didn't say it either. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, neither did you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand all this industry jargon like an MPYP. <laughs> <laughs> what I do know is that the heart and soul that you hear on those tapes, that, that, that's ours. Oh, my God. <laughs> let me so, just explain it because you're just not getting it oh it's so good <laughs> one two three i love when when little bill is like he's all stressed out he's like my wife's got a cock in her ass or he goes yeah. an ass in her cock and he yeah. says something and then the guy's like yeah anyways um so when you talk about the lighting <laughs> like, we really gotta light this uh you know the scene coming up he goes yeah yeah it's that's rough anyways yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny it's like are you giving me shit kurt yeah <laughs> so funny <laughs> i know <laughs> Poor guy. oh i know right oh but uh but yeah that's all i watched that's good you watched some good ones oh yeah so did you finish white lotus mm -mm. i'm like two episodes in and i'm i'm waiting uh a friend and i are watching it so we're, we're kind of like slow playing it there's a handful of hbo shows that i couldn't get into and one of them was the one like the leftovers is that what it was called oh yeah i couldn't get into that one bobby my my work wife, she would talk about that show. She loved it so goddamn much, but I just could not get into it. Especially the people that just quit speaking. I'm like, really? I, I'm watching a show where people aren't talking. It's driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Didn't like it. Wasn't a fan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A couple, a couple of misfires on the old HBO there. But yeah. um, anyway, are you ready to talk about this week's motion picture show? I am indeed. 
All right. So this week, we're doing a fun one. We're doing a, a comedy, which we don't do too often, but I'm excited for this one. We are doing Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. That is from 2006, directed by Larry Charles. And I believe Todd Phillips was originally directing it, but <laughs> yeah, he's fucking split. <laughs> he's like, ah, grave differences, <laughs> which is interesting because both are pretty. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen is a brilliant comedian. Uh, Todd Phillips, you can argue, is a comedian. At least he he makes a lot of comedic films. Uh, so there's something there. Uh, he's a brilliant filmmaker. And just the two of them just it didn't work out. So I think that that's interesting. Um, I'm curious how it would have been had Todd Phillips had the reins from start to finish. But we'll never know. Anyway, uh, it was written by Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Anthony Hines, and Peter Bainham. And uh, stars Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, Ken Davidian and Linnell. Linnell, yeah. That says Linnell? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. Linnell. Who's <laughs> Linnell? Uh, she's, uh, she plays his wife. She's a comedian. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. She's, uh, uh, the, the prostitute. The, the prostitute. Yeah. Got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Understood. <laughs> she's great in, in, uh, in the South, right? And then she's all got like the cowboy hat. And, uh, <laughs> it's so funny. She goes to like the dinner party and yeah. stuff. Oh, my God. Then goes off to... To Kazakhstan, they have like the she's milk kids, right? Yeah, yeah. She's milking her, or she's pumping breast milk for cheese. Oh my god, it's yeah. disgusting. But yeah, because he's into that. Yeah, <laughs> like he gives <laughs> to the one guy that just wants to vomit. Oh god, it was gross. Out. That was so gross. Yeah. Uh, critical reception. This one's a little bit all over the place. Um, so it actually did really well from the critics. It is a 91% on the old Rotten Tomato meter there, but the audience score was 79%. Uh, so that's that's interesting. But let's see here. A couple of reviews. Uh, Andrew Saris from The Observer says, The theory of comedy here is that you can get away with almost anything if you manage to make your target audience feel superior to the human beings being mocked on the screen. Yeah, I think there's, wow. there's some truth to that, probably. Yeah. Like, why is this guy so dumb? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I get that. Um, then Joe Williams from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch says, uh, Borat is a serious work of social criticism, but it's also the funniest movie I've ever seen. Which I think there's something to that, too. So St. Louis has got it figured out. Yeah. All right. Uh, the budget was $18 million, and it grossed a lot of money. So in the, the United States, it was $128 million. Worldwide, you're looking at $262 million. And this film opened on November 5th of 2006. Opening weekend, it pulled in $26 million. So uh, $26 million to jump up to $128 million in the United States, or North America for that matter, uh, and then a whopping two sixty-two worldwide. That is a... That is what you call a commercial hit, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. That yeah. is a uh, that is pretty good, pretty 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 good. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty incredible. I mean, very that, nice. That literally was you know word of mouth and all that kind of stuff. People saying you have to go see this. It's like okay, so. yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that uh, because you just can't really. It's a movie that you can't really describe to anybody. You no. know, there's a, there's a, it's a lot of comedy that isn't. It does. It's not good for joke telling. You can't like set up the scene. You just have to say you got to watch it. That's all you can do. <laughs> yeah. Like I, my me explaining it will not do any justice. You just you had something you have to see. 
I was going to watch Bruno today just because I was on the kick. Because one of my favorite parts in that is when he's like, we have our interviewers, Harrison Ford. And they <laughs> walk up and he's like, he goes, Ms. Harrison, let's go talk to him. He's like, fuck off. And he yeah. walks away. <laughs> when I saw that in theaters, I was cry laughing because I was it was so funny, the setup for it. But I mean, you know, like just even me explaining it, it's like, well, yeah, that's funny, but you have to see it. And you're like, oh, shit, that was awesome. Right. So yeah, it was like total TMZ cameraman in the face kind of thing. Oh, my God. So yeah, it was good. pretty funny. So, um, but yeah, I'll give you some fun trivia facts about this movie. Uh, Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit, Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. The police were called on Sasha Baron Cohen 92 times during the production film, production of this film. And I believe that. That's a lot. The FBI assigned a team to Sasha Baron Cohen um, during the filming of this movie due to numerous reports of a Middle Eastern man traveling the Midwest in an ice cream truck. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds suspicious. There's an Osama over here, something like that. Uh, Johnny Depp, George Clooney, and Steve Martin, all of whom are huge fans of Sasha Baron Cohen, contacted him about having a cameo in the movie. However, Baron Cohen refused because it would have ruined some of the gags if they knew what was going on. And I like that approach that he took. Very guerrilla style. Original director Todd Phillips left the production after shooting the rodeo Star Spangled Banner scene, citing creative differences. Phillips t- uh, Phillips take on the film did not have Azamat uh, Bagatov, but had written multiple characters for Warat to tag along with. He was replaced by Larry Charles. So this is really interesting. I'm wondering what the the issue with the Star Spangled Banner scene was. If Todd Phillips is way too prideful, I'm like, really? I mean, that's what set you off. <laughs> it was um, that's fascinating. I guess we'll never know. Two of the University of South Carolina fraternity brothers who appeared in the film, Justin, whatever his name is, and Christopher Rotunda, sued the producers, claiming defamation. The suit was dismissed in February 2007. The students had also sought an injunction to prevent the DVD release of the film, which was denied. Eat a dick, you two. Jesus. And then finally, Sasha Baron Cohen reacted to the lawsuits by commenting, Some of the letters I get are quite unusual. Like the one where the lawyer informed me I'm about to be sued for $100,000 and at the end says, P.S. Love the movie. Can you sign a poster for my son, Jeremy? (laughs) Yeah, for $100,000. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, here is a synopsis. Again, this is one that you should just go see, but I'll read it as best as I can. At the behest of the Kazakh Ministry of Information, reporter Borat Sagdiev. Sagdiev? Sagdiev? Diev? Yeah. Uh, leaves Kazakhstan for the U.S. and they, the, the greatest country in the world. I, I have a very bad Borat imp, uh, impression to make a documentary about um, American society and culture. He leaves behind his wife, Oksana, his companions and his producer, Azamat Bagatov and a pet hen. Uh, in New York City, Borat sees an episode of Baywatch on TV and immediately falls in love with Pamela Anderson's character, C.J. Parker. While interviewing and mocking a panel of feminists, he learned the actress's name and her residence in California. Borat is then informed by Telegram that Oksana has been killed by a bear. Delighted, he resolves. Uh, five. <laughs> he's, I like when the poor guy who has to read it. He's like, so my wife dead. He's like, it, well, it uh, <laughs> like reads through. He's yeah. like, that's what it says. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's so funny. What an awkward situation to be in. Um, you know, delighted he resolves uh, to travel to California and make Anderson his new wife. They decide not to fly in case the Jews repeat their attack of 9-11. <laughs> Borat takes driving lessons and buys a dilapidated ice cream truck for the journey. During the trip, Borat acquires a Baywatch booklet and continues gathering footage for his documentary. He meets gay pride parade participants, politicians Alan Keyes and Bob Barr, 
and African and African American youths. <clears throat> Excuse me. There we go. African American youths. Youths. Uh, Borat is also interviewed on a local television station and proceeds to disrupt the weather report. Visiting a rodeo, Borat excites the crowd with the jingoistic remarks and but or, but then sings a fictional Kazakhstani national anthem to the tune of the Star Spangled Banner, receiving a strong negative reaction. Staying out of bed and breakfast, Borat and Azamat uh, are stunned to learn that their hosts are Jewish. The two escape after throwing money at the two woodlice, believing they are their hosts transformed. Borat attempts to buy a handgun to defend himself, but is turned away because he is not an American citizen. So he buys a bear instead. An etiquette coach suggests Borat attend a private dinner at an eating club in the South. During the dinner, he offends the other guests when he lets Linnell, an African-American prostitute, into the house and shows her to the table. They are both kicked out. Borat befriends Linnell, who invites uh, him into a relationship with her, but he tells her that he is in love with someone else. Borat then visits an antique shop in which he clumsily breaks various Confederate heritage items. At a hotel, Borat sees Azamat masturbating over a picture of Pamela Anderson. An angry Borat accidentally reveals his real motive for traveling to California. Azamat becomes livid at Borat's deception, and the situation escalates into a nude brawl which spills out into the hallway, a crowded elevator, and then into a packed convention ballroom. Azamat abandons Borat, taking his passport, all of their money, and their bear, and Borat's truck runs out of fuel, and he begins to hitchhike to California. He is soon picked up by a drunken or er, by drunken fraternity brothers from the University of South Carolina. On learning the reason for his trip, they show him the Pam and Tommy sex tape, which reveals that she is not a virgin. Despondent, Borat bums or burns the Baywatch booklet and by mistake, the return ticket to Kazakhstan. Borat attends a United Pentecostal camp meeting at which Republican U.S. Representative Chip Pickering and the Mississippi Supreme Court Chief Justice James W. Smith Jr. are present. He regains his faith and forgives Azamat and Pamela. He accompanies church members on a bus to Los Angeles and disembarks to find Azamat dressed as Oliver Hardy, although Borat mistakes him for Adolf Hitler. The two reconcile and Azamat tells Borat where to find Pamela Anderson. Borat finally comes face to face with Anderson at a book signing at a virgin megastore. After showing Anderson his traditional marriage sack, Borat pers er, pursues her throughout the store in an attempt to abduct her until security guards intervene. Borat visits Linnell and they return to Kazakhstan together. They bring several American customs and traditions back to his village, including the apparent conversion of the people to Christianity, the Kazakh version of which includes crucifixion, <laughs> crucifixion and torturing of Jews, and the introduction of computer-based technology such as iPods, laptop computers, and a high-definition television. That is Borat. Does none of it justice, because it need, you just have to watch it. It's, and it's really short, too. It's like 82 minutes or something yeah, like that. It went it's by so fast. It's quick. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to drink water. So, Justin, when did you first see Borat? And, uh, you know, w where were you and how did you feel coming out of it? Uh, like, where was I mentally? Um, let, yeah, let's go with that. And then like, where, <laughs> where did you watch it? I'm assuming the theater. So, yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I saw it in a theater uh, in 2006, right when it came out that, that weekend. So I didn't see it on Friday. I actually saw it on Sunday, uh, but it was opening weekend. And uh, and I just I couldn't stop laughing, dude. I thought it was. I thought it was a whole nother level of comedy that I was not prepared for. Uh, it was weird because like even the scene, like when they're wrestling in the hotel and they're both naked, like I'm just blushing and I'm laughing so goddamn hard at how ridiculous it is. And to me, that was like one of those moments where a comedian just like puts himself out there <laughs> or puts themselves out there rather. And, 
and just goes for it, man. Like, and, and so many people can have a problem with this movie and maybe they're right about it. Um, but I just think that it's a whole nother level of funny that I was not prepared for. And uh, <laughs> I think the same can be said for, you know, like Trey Parker and Matt Stone, right? Oh like, God, I was just thinking I mean, that they just, they say things and they do things that are just so far outside the social norms that, um, it's, it's absurd. Uh, and then there's people that, that can't laugh at it. Uh, and I think if it's going to be so polarizing, then it's a good thing. You know, I talk about that a lot where I don't want to make something that's mediocre. I want people to either love or hate it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're at with, um, with Mr. Sasha Barrett Cohen. Like it's either a love or hate and sort of a, an Andy Kaufman trolling vibe that you get from him. And uh, he does some pretty remarkable stunts and he puts himself out there and not all the jokes land, but he is a very brilliant comedian and i was i was floored when i saw this movie i thought i was unclear how someone could be any funnier when i saw it <laughs> i agree i i think i saw it in movie in the movie theater i a co-worker actually talked to me about it i was working at albertson's and he's like you have to see it he goes i mean there are things that i i, I don't he's like I, I don't even know how to explain it and i don't i'm like this this can't be real and he goes i don't want to ruin anything for you so you watch it, you report back to me, and we just had discussions, you know, w- what we thought w- was fake, what we thought was real, um, just laughing and laughing. And I mean, this is definitely one of those movies that you laugh when you watch, and then you laugh even more when you talk about it later. Like, we, you and I have a lot of movies that are like that, where we just start chuckling a whole bunch afterwards. And um, this is definitely one of those ones that I, I laugh every single time I watch it. It is so goddamn funny. Yeah, it really is. And like, uh, it, when Borat, or not Borat, when... Um bruno came out i i immediately had to go see it and yeah i was just like oh <laughs> yeah. my god i I'm, I'm here for it right and i made my dad watch it and and my dad's a sailor and he was he even he was blushing and, and, and bruno he's seen and done a lot of things all over this world and that movie made him just fucking start crying he was laughing so hard so and my dad's a tough nut to crack sometimes but but uh, Bruno, Bruno did it <laughs> straight. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So good. Yeah, he. Um, oh, goodness. Well, that's that's good. And then you watched it on, um, you know, I just ended up buying it. It was five bucks on Apple TV plus. And I was like, huh, or just Apple TV. So I ended up buying it. Um, I own it on DVD, but I didn't want to take that out. And then you said it was streaming <laughs> yeah. on Amazon. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, free on Prime. Video. Sweet. OK, yeah. OK, that makes sense. So, you know, this when this movie came out, uh, it, it was it was a cultural and a worldwide phenomenon. It made two hundred and eighty you know, million dollars worldwide, and it was the only thing talked about forever. It seemed like you couldn't go anywhere without someone saying very nice or my name is Borat or, you know, insert whatever random quote from the movie in there. But you just heard a lot of people saying very nice. Um, you know, while that got old pretty quick, in my opinion, I have always really enjoyed the hell out of this movie. Like I just said. Can you think of any other films that have had this worldwide cultural impact that just wouldn't quit? And and it, I mean, it was the only thing people were talking about. Uh, I mean, I think Star Wars is probably a safe bet. Uh, you know, that's pretty recognizable. Uh, most places around the globe. Uh, I know just like on a, on a national level, I would say Beavis and Butthead. Uh, <laughs> I, I couldn't go to the store without some asshole just 
you know, putting their shirt over their head and being like, I need TP for my phone. And everyone was just like, fire. And everywhere in school, every idiot thought they were fucking Beavis. Like, he's the cool one. And it was just so funny. And uh, that was something I had to deal with for a couple of years. Uh, but like, I would say, I would say Beavis and Butthead here in the United States, like growing up, that was definitely a thing. Um, you know, uh, maybe Ninja Turtles, you know, like the Cowabunga. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a thing, you know, dude, party on all that stuff. Same like Bill and Ted uh, to a degree, you know, like this this era where it, that was cool to say. Um, maybe even like the Simpsons, like Bart Simpson, like don't have a cow man or, you know, eat my shorts, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, everybody said that uh, Forrest Gump might even be another one. Now that I think about it. Um. I was Rodney. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody talked like Forrest for the longest fucking time. It's like, you know what you're doing, right? (laughs) And we all did it, but it's it's looking back at it, it's pretty terrible. But yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, Forrest Gump's probably another one. Uh maybe more on a on a on a national scale versus a global scale, but um yeah. Those are those are my picks. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it totally makes sense too. And um, you look at movies too. Like I talked about Harry Potter, that was a, a unprecedented worldwide phenomenon where it's just it's still twenty years later. Like you know, those movies came out twenty years ago, or the first one at least. Right. It's just so impactful, and it's still beloved by many. And I mean, I'm not going to compare Borat to Harry Potter, but it's it's crazy because you could say Borat. And people would be like, yeah, duh, I know what that is. You know, <laughs> right, you could say right. it to anybody. And and so in Borat 2, I know that you haven't seen that. I guess it's just called Borat, Borat's subsequent movie film. Um, I liked it. It's a good follow up to this. Definitely doesn't have the same impact, but he addresses that early on in the film where he goes to town dressed as Borat and people just walk by and like, very nice, you know, how much and just all that kind of stuff. And so he's like, I, I had to do hide myself because, you know, they thought I was him and stuff. So he, he in the entire film is centered around his daughter and then he's wearing different outfits. Um, so I thought that that was really neat because he went into it being like, maybe I can get away with it. But he didn't realize how big of a thing it was. Um, well, I mean, I'm sure he realized it, but, you know, he, he still rolled the dice on it a little bit. So it, it, it's just so interesting when things like this happen or like Game of Thrones, you know, Game of Thrones was the only thing anyone was ever talking about. And I remember when Borat came out, like in 2006, it really was like one of the only things people was, were talking about. And I just graduated high school the year before. It was just this huge thing, man. And um, right. it's it's so interesting. Yeah. So I it's interesting. To, you're right. Very much so with Game of Thrones. And that was one that just kept picking up more steam. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't like an overnight success, I would say. You no. know, it's, it, the first season is a bit of a chore, and the second season is too. But by the third season, uh, people were on board, and uh, and that red wedding was like oh my the God, internet's yeah. best kept secret, which is <laughs> still blows me the fuck away. I'm yeah. Like, how has nobody ever heard about this? And no one googled it. You know, I mean, I didn't say anything. I, I was I was along for the ride. I was waiting for everyone to be excited about it. But um, <laughs> holy shit, dude. I when that happened and then you've seen all these reactionary videos and people just like losing their their minds over this episode and and the red wedding and I'm just like yeah you know, that's pretty <laughs> cool um but you're right Game of Thrones definitely and Harry Potter 100 percent uh I think another like for me a lot of it is 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 uh like the merchandise and 
the quoting, you know, yeah. like with, with Simpsons, it's quoting with, with uh, Borat's definitely quoting. Um, but like with Game of Thrones, it's Game of Thrones, the, the breakfast cereal and <laughs> Game of Thrones, the flamethrower and all this other bullshit. Everybody's kids start. The parents are naming their kids. Oh, God. And oh, God. Cal Drogo and all That's this. Stuff. So dumb. I'm like, ah, Theon. About all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody names their kid Theon Greyjoy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a fucker. problem. Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's when I draw the line. Don't be naming your kid Ramsey. I know. So then rapist. they start getting white dogs and naming them ghosts and all this stuff. So, I mean, that is, that's a little weird. Um, but whatever you, you do you, if you're into something and you like it so much, you want to name your child after it. That's, that's very special. I'm okay with that. You do I, what you got to do. I think it was just, it's so interesting because, you know, like when I travel international, it's cool to have some sort of, uh, level ground that you can connect with people on. And yeah, if you went somewhere in Europe and someone, you know, was trying to be like, oh, you're from America, very nice or something, you know, because <laughs> yeah. then you can bond over that hey, kind of Kansas stuff. Cities. Hey, Kansas cities. <laughs> so I think it's it's so cool when, when films can do that, and especially an $18 million movie that they did not really think would blow up because I mean, it, it could have blew up in their face or it could have blown up in the sense of how it did, you know, historically and so uh they really took a gamble on that and it paid off very well for them yeah 100 percent. i guess i should also yeah. say disney uh too just because people come from all over the world to go to totally to disneyland disney totally. world disney town <laughs> whatever whole, and uh whole group so of assholes it, are going there next week to do uh, no. star wars land so. god i can't wait is it next week yeah is it really next week yeah. oh my god i know i got my ah. polishing up my lightsaber working on my force choke so yeah <laughs> But I mean, it's you're, you're right. People go from all over the world, man. Have you seen that Mimi where the emperor is asking Vader if he force chokes himself when he masturbates? <laughs> no, that's pretty funny. Have you ever force choke yourself when you masturbate? Jesus Christ, <laughs> that's an NSFW one right there. Yeah, so. holy shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut you off a little bit when you were talking about just the international people uh, going through to Disneyland and stuff. Oh, no, I mean, my 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 thoughts done. But I mean, I, I would just say that Disney in general is a pretty big like, uh, you know, at, at the time it was a cultural phenomenon that has since embedded itself pretty deep to where there's uh, a Disneyland in in Japan and there's a Disneyland in France and China. So, I mean, there's it's it's spreading yeah <laughs> you know yeah what I mean? so. absolutely i mean i know i know people that you know make trips out there just so they can go to disneyland and i'm like that really right. that's what you want to do i mean it's fine to each their that, own but that yeah. tron ride looks pretty fucking badass and in, in shanghai <laughs> I, I did not see that but I, I did i did remember hearing about it so it'll blow your minds okay well very nice I dig it so Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, brilliantly, he plays the titular character of Borat. Uh, SBC is no stranger to unique characters, though, he, uh, as he played Ali G, Bruno, and most recently, a myriad of characters in Who is America? Finally, though, we got to see his efforts pay off as we were as he was nominated for an Academy Award for his role in the trial of the Chicago Seven. My question, Mr. Cavender, is it time to take Sasha Baron Cohen seriously as an actor or will he always just kind of be this slapstick caricature? Don't be a caricature. Never be a caricature. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think 100 percent, man. I mean, because uh, he always has played different characters and he puts himself out there and he, he has a, a seriousness to his comedy. 
And I think that you couldn't do what he does. I don't, I don't think there's too many human beings on this planet that could do what he does. No. And I think that I have always taken him seriously. And I really wish the, the rest of the world did too. Um, you know, he, he has stepped out of his comfort zone. I mean, he was in fucking Sweeney Todd, right? I mean, that's a musical. Um, that's, that was pretty interesting. Same with, uh, Les Miserables. I think he was in that too. So, I mean, he's, uh, he's, he's done a lot of stuff, man. And we had that conversation about Jim Carrey, right? Where he was, he was just Ace Ventura. And then all of a sudden he does man on the moon. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, he's a very talented man. We talk about that with, with comedians, uh, being, uh, something different and, and, and being able to take on dramatic roles. And, and it works a lot of times because, timing is part of their bit right like they know how to to deliver in a conversation and i think that that's very much the case with with um sasha barrett cohen and how he is so diverse and he can do anything and uh, i don't know if you ever watched his his speech where he was talking about the dangers of of facebook and it's just brilliant man he is he is one sharp man he's he's a he's a brilliant man and i think everyone should take him serious and i agree i mean i think that even though he's playing this ridiculous character, he's still an actor. He's he he never breaks character. I mean, the the preparation and the and the improv that he has, um, just his comedic timing and wit is is so damn near unmatched, and it's awesome because some of the interviews are, you know, <clears throat> they seem like he scripted those out, but you can't predict what that other person is saying, especially if they're not in on the joke, and he is just always ready to have some sort of hilarious quip or or thing to say um and actually so i was reading up on on this movie too and um he drew a lot of inspiration from uh, steve coogan who you know we love steve coogan from hamlet 2 and stuff and stuff like that <laughs> <He's> so <funny. laughs> um he so he did a show called on the hour with uh he played a, a character named um alan partridge and he was kind of the same thing he was like an interviewer uh kind of like ollie g but not as hardcore but People, it was one of those pseudo realistic kind of things. And um, I think he got a lot of inspiration from that. And we've seen that in other iterations as well, like with other actors. But I mean, SBC, I think he's a fantastic actor. Uh, I'm excited to continue to see what else he's going to be in. Um, I mean, Borat was essentially the thing that that punched the ticket for me. And you said like, you know, as soon as Bruno came out, you're like, I have to go see this. Same thing with like The Great Dictator or whatever that one was called. And um, the dictator. Yeah, there you go. The dictator. Um, everything else, like his shows, whenever there's a new show coming out. I mean, he he, he likes to keep things uh, plays them pretty close to the chest as well, because like Borat's subsequent movie film, it was announced that it was like, oh, yeah, it's coming out in a couple months. You're Tomorrow. like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're yeah. like, holy shit. So I am all for his type of acting. And I think he just has so much range. He's um, he definitely, I think, needs to be looked at in a more serious light. Especially since he can keep a straight face when oh he's my having God, this conversation. No. no. <laughs> did you did you ever watch any of Who is America? Uh-uh. Holy shit. So he interviews um there's a scene and I won't ruin it too much, but he interviews this guy who's like a self-defense expert and he basically says, "Well, how do I prevent, you know, he plays this Iranian like general and he's like, "How do I prevent, you know, a gay guy from coming and attacking me. And so he covers his butt. He ends up getting the instructor to pull his pants down, cover his butt. And then he just starts shouting. He's like, get away from me, gay, get away from me, gay or something like that. And it's so fucking ridiculous. And I am, I'm laughing my ass off because he's making fun of these idiots who are, you know, bigots and racists and stuff. He's making fun of them, but they all think it's real. And it's, 
it's so fascinating and how he keeps a straight face and stays in character it blows me away right and there was a lot of people who were like losing their jobs because of what they were doing on this show right like mm-hmm. it would come back to haunt them uh because it's kind of he's basically exposing people for who they really are oh my god exactly yeah so i saw a clip i never watched it like a whole episode or anything like that but as it was happening i remember just seeing like news pop up on like Twitter or on my phone or whatever. I'm just like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and he's, you know, he, he does one with Bernie Sanders too, where he plays this guy. He's like a QAnon guy in a, in a wheelchair and Bernie Sanders like, what are you talking about? He like basically debunks him the entire time. And it's, God, it's so fucking funny, but he's, he's fantastic. It, it, and it still blows me away that these politicians and these other people don't realize that this is all an act. Um, I think they've done a really good job of editing his his material to to show it. I mean, in Olympia, he came to Olympia, Washington, and he did like a, you know, there was a QAnon rally and uh, people kind of caught on to it and he had to get out of there right away. Like they jumped into a car. He's like, all right, he's like, yeah, we're done acting. Let's get the hell out of here. And so they have like escape vans and everything for him. But it's pretty crazy stuff what he does. I mean, he's yeah, he's literally dedicated to his art. I know. And like there are times when I got. I got pretty scared for him. I, I remember when just in the rodeo scene. Yeah. Oh, my I was God. Just like, man, this guy's going to fucking murder this man. When I saw it in the theater, I was like, oh, like in a post 9-11 world, right? Oh, my this God. 2006. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people are afraid of, of Muslims in that part of the country. You know, they're they're ignorant people and they're they're bigots. And I'm just like, ah, to them, there isn't a difference. You know what I mean? They just see this this guy from from Kazakhstan singing. And uh, he's he's uh, got a big target on his back. All other countries are run by <laughs> little girls. girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's not good. Or like in Bruno when he's doing like the MMA stuff. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. And then, they, then they start like just like having like basically intercourse in the middle of the arena <laughs> or the octagon. <laughs> and everyone's like, no. Well, it, it's like yeah, screaming he, bloody murder. He just exposed how how certain people are uncomfortable with homosexuality. And it's like, fuck off, dude. So yeah, like, mind your business. It's just so funny. It's so good. But yeah, he is, he is definitely committed to his work. It's, it's nuts. So I do want to talk about the, uh, the criticism um, from these films. And you kind of talked about it a, a little bit before. But, you know, with the extreme popularity of, of this movie and his other ones, especially in the age of social media, there always comes extreme criticism with anything that you could do. So the argument could be made that this movie is incredibly problematic in many ways. Um, but how do you feel about it? Is this movie insensitive? Is it racist? Is it hurtful in any way? Um, and did he ever go too far, you think? Well, so he makes comments about Jews, right? But he is a Jewish man. You know, exactly. He was born to Jewish parents. And so he is using this opportunity to show the absurdities that people claim about Jewish people throughout throughout just time in general. You know, like this they're they're like this whole running of the Jew and they're all scared <laughs> and it like lays an egg and then the kids run and they destroy the egg or how he when he when he's in the nest of the Jews and he's like got money to throw at the door and he's afraid he's being poisoned and and he's like why do you have a Jew hanging you know in the why do you have a picture of a Jew hanging in your house he's like well because I'm Jewish and he just gets like all scared <laughs> I think that's so funny <laughs> uh, because I mean you know his parents grew up in a time where it was it was scary to be Jewish oh right? my god yeah. Um, yeah and so I think that. 
I think that it's good of him to call out these these social injustices that exist just because people are plain ignorant. Absolutely. So, so I personally don't have a problem with it. Yeah, and it's it's a lot like Taika Waititi for um, you know Jojo Rabbit. A, he, a lot of criticism early on was like, "Oh, this is awful. This is so uh, tasteless or taste." You know, um, he shouldn't be doing this. He shouldn't be glamorizing Nazis. And and if you really sh- shut up and stop and look at it, he's not doing that at all. Because Taika Waititi is also Jewish too. He's like, "No, this is satirical. These people are fucking idiots." And 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 what I think what SBC is trying to do with Borat is he's like, "You have to be." A real, you have to probably look at yourself and realize you have an issue if you think that any of this is actually real or, or you know, it's obviously satirical and he's obviously making fun of this outlandish views that, that people have. I mean, even, you know, that Virginia scene in the rodeo, how he's talking about he went to a gay pride parade and that that redneck guy, you, you know, he's like, oh, that was a gay pride parade. And uh, Borat's like, yeah, you know, in my country, we would we're, we're trying to hang him and shoot him and stuff. And he's like, that's what we're trying to do here. And I was just like, fuck off, dude. Right. You, you fucking inbred hick. And so um, but I think he he's doing that on purpose to expose how stupid these people are and just how, how, how many flaws we have in our country. And it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Um, and so, you know, I think it just goes with his character. I could I could totally see, though. I'm not Jewish, so I can't sit here and say, no, this is absolutely okay. But I could totally see how it could be um, insensitive at times. Right. And so like, like the scene where he's just like defecating in front of like that Trump (laughs) hotel or whatever. And people are just like, oh my God, like what is happening right now? But I mean, that's in New York, right? So I mean, you've seen everything in New York City. You just turn around a corner and it's like, oh man, this is one of those fucking days. Uh, But I mean, I do think that it's interesting that we get... You know, I say we just, you know, Americans, you know, get so upset when something is out of the norm. Mm-hmm. Right. We we're like, well, what are they doing here? And, you know, speak our language, you oh, know, speak English and blah, blah, blah. And 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 I do think that for the record, a lot of the people, while they do come off as being, you know, silly or stupid in, in this movie, they were extremely patient with yeah. Borat. Yeah. Uh, every single one of them. Uh, my minus like the like the the severe like homophobe type folks, but like the the comedian or the 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 comedy teacher, the yeah. driving instructor, uh, the the feminists, the uh, fancy dining people, um, even the the religious people, uh, they were all extremely patient with Borat and they didn't even have a problem when he would kiss them on the cheek. Yeah. Right. And then like the ones in the high society one, he only kisses the guys. He doesn't even kiss the girls. I think that's so funny. And the old guys going with it. He just just does a lip kiss. Whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I do think that, that a lot of people are unfair when, when they, when they criticize, you know, the people that are, that are going through this because, they are extremely patient with Borat. Even the driving instructor, like, you can't drink that while we're doing this right now. It's illegal. He just whips out like a bottle of booze. I think that's so funny. <laughs> and he's trying to explain to them, like, no, here in America, you know, they need to consent who they, you know, the women have a say of who they have sex with. Isn't that great? He's like, not great for me. <laughs> but I mean, none of them, even the, 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 the pawn shop people or the, the antique shop, yeah. he's just over there breaking everything. And they're just like, Dude, <laughs> you <laughs> you're gonna need like to. Glue's not gonna work. You're gonna have to pay for all this. 
Yeah, you know, they didn't call him hateful names or anything like that. Uh, Everyone was extremely patient, which I think says a lot. So, I mean, that one of the redeeming, minus the frat boys and the rodeo guy and maybe a handful of others, uh, you know, the one hotel that throws them out, you know, (laughs) which is one of my one of my favorite scenes, by the way. What are these vanilla face? (laughs) Literally my favorite line in the whole movie. No joke. I, it, is, it is. What's up with it, Vanilla Face? What's up with it, Vanilla Face? <laughs> he like, just grabs the phone immediately. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God, it's asshole. so funny. That is oh. literally my favorite line in the whole movie. It is such a like a like a, a one off comment too. It's so ridiculous. Oh, it's so good. But but I mean, you're right. When people are upset about what they're seeing, it's when that's when you need to ask yourself. You know, like why why is this offending me? Like, what is it about this that's offending me? Because the people that are on screen are doing a really good job of trying their hardest to keep their composure yeah. and not lose their shit. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because, you know, I think, I think to follow up on this, I think comedy is a really hard genre to tackle. And I think, uh, you know, I think we all think that Sasha <laughs> Baron, a good idea. <laughs> Sa- Sasha Baron Cohen kind of explains <laughs> that with his first interview with the comedy teacher that, you know, not that guy. Yeah. Um, if you look on the board in the back, the whiteboard, it lays out parameters for what, are listed as funny. There's a little dick on there. It's like a dick joke. Um, you know, quote unquote, funny things, taboo things and acceptable topics in today's society. So it has like little, you know, line line charts and whatever leading to, Oh, stay away from these topics, but you can do these. And he kind of has that discussion with him in the interview. But Sasha Baron Cohen proceeds to um, kind of show that guy how boring his traditional comedy is simply by exposing the flaws in his, in his teachings. Is this uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's way of telling the critics of his type of comedy to kind of fuck off and realize that comedy is subjective? And like, you know, this is my first time noticing this. And if it's what SBC was going for, then I think it is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's something there um, because I mean, I, I try really hard not to offend people. I don't want to say any hateful speech or anything like that. Right. Um, and so I do think that there are uh, what I would call taboo topics, you know, um, like, like I would never be appropriate for me to ever in a million years, you know, drop the N word, um, in a conversation or, or just to say it out loud in my, by myself or whatever, you know, it's just, it's an off topic word. Right. Or, um, you know, I have someone that's mentally disabled in my family. And so when people call someone a retard, I, I take umbrage, like it offends me. Right. I don't, I don't want like Norm Macdonald's one of my favorite comedians ever, but sometimes he says things where I'm just like, fuck, I really wish you didn't say that, man. Um, but I mean, it doesn't take away from how funny the man is. I just hate it when he uses language like that. And yeah. so uh, for me, there are a, a handful of like, you know, very few things offend me as a human being. But uh, hate speech and and um, talking of uh, any sort of uh, homophobic remarks uh, as I've gotten older have definitely offended me you know mm-hmm. and then um just when it comes to um you know uh, mental disabilities yeah those those things tend to to rub me the wrong way i agree um, so so if that's on the whiteboard then yes i have a problem with it. but when like he was talking about his brother <laughs> and he's like yeah my sister's like you're never gonna get this <laughs> you never get this you never get yeah. this and the vagine <laughs> yeah so <laughs> So in a funny. weird way, I was not offended by that, you know, because he, he's trying to to get a rise out of this guy and the guy's just not, 
he's not taking the bait, which I thought was interesting. He was he was more of like, well, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he would he would laugh and he go, yeah, that's not accepted in society. And that goes back to what you're talking about them being patient. Like he was a good sport. He was you know, he's laughing along with him and he's like, yeah, that, that wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> yeah. sort of so I thought it was so interesting because I agree with you that, you know, there there are certain topics, but. It's um, it is hard with such a woke culture we're in right now. I mean, Todd Phillips, you know, of all people, for him to back out of this movie, that's why I thought it was a little hypocritical. But he said he was on record saying he doesn't want to make a comedy anymore because it's way too hard to do one in, in today's woke culture. And I'm kind of like, is it though? I mean, I get what he's trying to go at, where you know, you you do have to kind of censor yourself because you could say the wrong thing and it could just blow up and be viral. And it could be, you know, I want a corn dog or something, and someone could take offense to that. So I, I think you do have to be careful, but this movie was made 15 years ago. And I think the comedy that he's talking about and, and doing it just, it really, really fits. And uh, the not jokes and the stuff he's teaching him. I'm like, what are you talking about, man? That was stuff I did in like elementary school. <laughs> right, it's not very right. funny anymore, but right. <laughs> I always say pause, not <laughs> the, yeah. suit, the suit is black, not. <laughs> yeah. I say, the suit is not black. Is that too? Like, oh man. So like, but I mean, to Todd Phillips' point, like, you know, when he, when we watched, we were going to do Hangover at one point on this on yeah. the show. And there's a part at the beginning when they go to pick up Ed Helms and, and uh, they're like, hey, paging Dr. Faggot is what they say. And I'm like, whoa, I forgot that was a thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that didn't age well kind of thing. But, you know, it's not like they're trying to, sh- the interesting thing about Todd Phillips is a lot of his characters aren't good people. So it's not like it's necessarily, uh, you know, defending these characters. They're allowed to say what they're saying because they're terrible people already. We're not supposed to necessarily empathize or sympathize or support these people because they're all fucking assholes. You yeah. know what I mean? And, that's, and that is something that an asshole would say. Mm-hmm. So to his point, I don't think that that's entirely accurate because he makes characters that are terrible people. So it's kind of a long... It, it, it's fitting the narrative. As right. It were. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, in a weird backwards sense, you know, I, I do think that there are some words that are off limits. Uh, I probably, uh, if I'm not quoting that movie, you know, I would not say that word, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not something that's in my, my, my vocabulary per se. But when I remember when I heard it, I was like, Oh my God, we were, we were talking about welcome to the dollhouse, you know, a couple months ago. And they, <laughs> and they dropped that word over and over and over again. Know. And, you know, we even, we warned, uh, you know, you warn people in the, at the beginning of the episode, like, Hey, they, they say that they, they say this word a lot. Uh, they, they drop uh, the R word and the F word. And, uh, and it's, it's hardcore mm-hmm. and uh, it is, it's cringeworthy. And it's a good thing that those words bother you. Yeah. If they don't bother you then that's probably when you need to take a step back and say, wait a minute, what's the problem here? Yeah. Lesbo. <laughs> yeah. Drop dead lesbo. lesbo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, gosh. 100%. Right. You know, and so I always, I have a hard time watching this movie, Borat, but it's not for a bad reason. It's because I just, I laugh my ass off practically at everything in it. It's, I'm, I'm not sitting like cry laughing, but there are parts that I do get pretty close to cry laughing, but I'm always just chuckling the entire time because it's so funny. And Justin, I, I you really enjoy odd little parts in movies. That, and I think it's so endearing because you talk about a scene. You're like, my favorite part is this one throwaway scene. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, I don't even remember that part. And you just you laugh. And, you know, I was fat. 
Um, I was fire. <laughs> yeah, and all, most of the scenes, not many people remember. And I think it's 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 so funny. Do you have a favorite moment from this movie that wasn't uh, one of the main segments everyone discusses? And I know you talked about the vanilla face one. Yeah. But. So that's definitely one of my favorites. My <laughs> other favorite is when he goes into, first he's in the elevator and he starts unpacking. And they're like, well, this isn't the room yet, right? So then they, he gets to his room and he sees the chair. And he starts smacking his lips and he's like, King of the castle, king, king of the, of the castle, castle, king of the castle, I have a chair. <laughs> go do this, go do this. Oh my king god. Of the castle. That is like hilarious to me. He's just like you smacking his lips. He looks like such an asshole, dude. I fucking love it. Oh my god. Oh my god. I, I went weeks saying, King of the castle. King of the castle. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I have a chair. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so ridiculous on that yeah. part uh, i also like it um when he interrupts the weatherman and uh <laughs> yeah. and the guy just keeps laughing he's like and he's like uh, he's like go over there go over here with adrian and yeah. he's like where is she oh very nice <laughs> and then he walks away but then he comes back one more time and just touches him on the shoulder oh my god i fucking love that i think that's so funny i know because that was a real reaction too like you could the weatherman was trying to hold it together but he just he just breaks and he's he starts just chuckling because <laughs> Why would you not? It was funny. No, and he's just, it's literally just a green wall, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you weren't aware of what was happening, how would you know that he's like doing this weather? You know, it's so fucking oh, funny, dude. I know. So, oh good. my God. I'm glad you wrote that you did the King in the Castle because I wrote that down as one of my favorites too. And same thing with the vanilla face one, just because <laughs> I loved the, the, the bellhop's reaction or the front desk person's reaction. He immediately grabs a phone, like, you know, oh, something's wrong. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why would something be wrong because he called you vanilla face? Like, yeah, he like looked both ways first. He's like, what? Me? You yeah. me? Oh, we got a problem here. <laughs> I know. And then they call security. I'm like, are you kidding me? What's he doing? <laughs> oh, my God. What's up with it? Vanilla face? Oh, yeah. oh so, so, so dumb. But uh, but yeah. So um, I also really like the the beginning when he's explaining. He's like, I have the VCR recorded. Oh, yeah. And- he, goes, he goes, yeah. He's like, I got VCR recorded. <laughs> recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a funny one too. I had, I uh, when when I heard that again when I watched it today, I just started fucking laughing. Me too. Like, oh, I like recorded. It's <laughs> like VCR recorded. <laughs> he just got doesn't have the confidence. That's so funny. Um, when he goes into New York and he's trying to greet random people, and you have that asshole. He's like, he goes, get the fuck away from me. He's like, I will punch you in the balls or something. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, why, why you do that? And then the other guy, the one I laugh at all the time is when he goes up to the guy in the polo with like the glasses and he just immediately starts running. He goes, get away from me. And he chases him. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. I remember seeing that part in theaters and I, I almost fell out of my chair literally because I was laughing so hard at his reaction because I'm like, holy shit, he just immediately started running. <laughs> he didn't want anything to do with it. Um, the- I, I think I think when uh, when in that sort of that same scene when the mm-hmm. two women walk by and go into the store and he's like, very nice. How much? Like they don't even notice because they're so used to just being catcalled, probably, you know, like just downtown New York City and just men being men and saying horrible things to people. I think it's funny that they don't even pay him no mind. Yeah, right. I know it's. It is fascinating. I mean, the subway scene is, is a good way to, to have an intro to him there, too, with all the hidden cameras. But I mean, that's New York, man. It's pretty crazy stuff. Um, yeah. Dyson. 
the the Pentecostal scene where everyone's running around, I was losing my shit because I, you know, none of that stuff was scripted. That was all that's all real. And it's it's just if I were to show this to somebody who hasn't seen, you know, a southern church, they would be like, this is fake, right? And nope, I mean, not really. This shit happens all the time. And I just I was laughing so hard during that scene when people were just running across the front and then people were speaking in tongues. And he's when he he's like, he's like, loosen the tongue. And he goes, ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> you know, and they're just, oh, fuck. I was laughing so hard. It was so good. But yeah, those are I think those are my favorite parts. Little parts. Those are sure. good. Those are all good parts. Right. So what would you do if you ever encountered a fictional Borat situation, you know, like as a regular citizen, just minding your business and Mr. Borat Sagdiv walks up to you and he says, what are these vanilla face? <laughs> I would, I hope that I'm smart enough to realize that it's a thing and I would just play along. What would you like? Would you, I guess it would depend on, what would happen, but would you just be, I mean, I would probably be laughing the entire time. Yeah, I would laugh. I'd be like, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> Great to meet you. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I would just have fun with it. I wouldn't say anything stupid or anything. Yeah. Like those dumb frat boys. They're the worst. God, they were so bad. It's, um, I think I, I'm the same way, you know, and I think now that we, we live in a world where this kind of stuff, viral stuff is uh, expected a lot of times. But I mean, I have run into situations where I'm like, is this real or is this fake? You'll see something and you're kind of this has to be fake. And so you like look it up, you'll Google something or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just it's it's fascinating. So 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 I was uh, one time when I was a kid, I was selected to be like this magician's like, you know, volunteer. And he kept giving me this this uh, like wand. And every time he gave it to me, it would like go limp. <laughs> And he would try and do go on to his next bit, but then everyone would start laughing. He'd look over at me, and the wand was like limp. And then he would straighten it out and hand it back to me, and then it would go. And then he would start talking, and then it would just go limp again. <laughs> and it was so fucking funny. And I honestly think that that was one of those moments that just taught me to be a good sport and just kind of go along with it. It That's was really awesome. funny. Yeah, I like that. I've never been in a situation like that in 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 the sense of like magic and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of magicians. Like I don't go see David Copperfield or anything, get front row seats, but if someone's got a trick, I'll watch it. <laughs> Nelly doesn't like magicians. Oh so. man, yeah, exactly. Where's Phyllis? Who's Phyllis? <laughs> yeah. But like uh like the sleight of hand stuff, I'm always oh, just so blown cool. away by that shit. Dude. So cool. I think it's so badass where they just they have these little plastic party cups and all of a sudden there's a fucking watermelon underneath it, and you're like, Where did that come from? <laughs> How did do that? How did do that? How did do that? Um, but yeah, so I, I try really hard to be a good sport when um, humor is made at my expense. Totally, totally. Yeah. So you know, Pamela Anderson was uh, was Borat's crush and plot device for this film. Pamela, Pamela Anderson. Yeah, Pamela. Who was your Hollywood crush? Um, you know, a person that from the moment you saw them, you were smitten to the high heavens. Yeah, um, I mean, I got a lot through the decades. <laughs> How much time we got here? <laughs> oh, man. Well, like when I was a kid, it was like Lisa Bonet, right? You know, uh, Denise Huxtable. I thought Oof. she was gorgeous, and, and I really wanted to be a part of her life. I cannot compete with one Jason Momoa, but... No. Um, interestingly enough, I, this sounds like a total creepy thing to say, but like, uh, you know, Zoe Kravitz is only eight years younger than me, so she's more my 
my age group, but it is weird to say like, yeah, I'm, I think she's hot. And I was, uh, you know, I thought she was beautiful the first time I saw her, but um, it's weird because I liked her mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I can't really say Zoe Kravitz per se, but I, when I was a teenager, uh, it was Daisy Fuentes. Ooh, I don't know if you know who she is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was beautiful. I had her calendars in my, in my room. <laughs> Uh, it's always a Christmas present. Um, yeah, from Gene Dean, who, by the way, um, I actually just found out yesterday his father passed away um, on Tuesday. Yeah, really sad. So um, I would like to actually dedicate the show to to John Dean. He was uh, an interesting fellow who always knew how to make me laugh. And I was I was really sad to hear about his passing. So, yeah, that is sad. I've, yeah. uh, I, I know Gene Dean just through all the, sto- the stories you've said. You've seen a lot of movies with him. A lot of first time yeah. movies. And so thinking of you, man, that's really sad. Yeah, I was I was pretty sad about it when I got the news. Um, But yeah. And then I mean, I, like as I got older, uh, I mean, I don't know if, do you want me to keep sharing? I got. Yeah. yeah, yeah, please do. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Um, But like Emily Blunt. Oh, she's beautiful. <laughs> she's so amazing. I fucking love everything that she does. So, me you know, we were too. joking the other day about those those actors that you go see everything that they're in. And I'm all, yeah, Kurt Russell. But like. Emily Blunt is Incredible. one of those people. Yeah, yeah, she's great. I love her work, man. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I don't remember what the first time that I saw her. Um, it might have been something like, uh, I don't know, was she in Looper? Was that her in Looper? Yeah, she was in yeah, Looper. she definitely was. Um, Looper, I thought that was amazing. Then, of course, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, Holy I love that shit. Movie so much. Cario, <laughs> we all know how I feel about that. I even watched Into the Woods because I was like, yeah, Emily Blunt. Um, I just I fucking love her. Dude. I like everything that she does. Um, yeah. So that's that's probably it. Yeah. Um, I I like it. I like what you're I like where your head is at with that. For me, I think the one I go back to the most is Tyra Banks. It is my most vivid or she is my most vivid uh, crush from when I was a kid. I had a poster of her above my bed. Um, it was just from like a Sports Illustrated <laughs> on the thing. Ceiling, it was. <laughs> it was on. It was on a ceiling, and it was just because it was the cool thing to do. You know, put posters above the bed on on the ceiling. Anyways, um, yeah, absolutely love Tyra Banks. I saw Coyote Ugly because she was in it, and you know, for like five seconds. But man, she's beautiful. Loved her so much. How dare you? <laughs> sort of thing. But Hollywood crushes. I dig it. So we discussed the issues that can be problematic with this film. And what I what I presuppose is that uh, maybe there is more to it than most people think. Who do you think Sasha Baron Cohen is targeting in this film? Is he making fun of the media, politicians, or just the U.S. in general? Ooh, I think it's a little bit of everybody. Um, because, I mean, the United States itself is we're kind of full of everyone, right? So, I mean... Um, I think that it's fair to say that it's making fun of of everybody, uh, you know, especially in a post 9-11 world where we are just scared of everything. Um, you know, and, and and this he go he, he makes it an effort to, to go to areas that have more ignorant people. Right. Mm-hmm. Not not uh, not uneducated, you know, not stupid people, just ignorant people. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference. And so. Well, you know, he goes to New York where those people see see shit every single day. And sometimes they're just over it. (laughs) They'll call the police. And then there's other times where it's like, all right, I'm along for the ride or whatever. So I do think that that uh, this movie in particular is just trying to show, uh, you know, 
we're so gullible in a lot of ways and we don't like why are why are people believing that he's a real person right that's something that you gotta ask yourself <laughs> yeah and, but we just go along with it we're just like all right this guy says that this is where he's from so why not <laughs> Right, and which I think is the so, shit what does he that says. say about us? Yeah. Well, at um, the dinner party, they're like, "I think he's the, the you know the differences are vast, but he's so interesting." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> yeah." He just talked about his like his his retarded brother Bilo, and he called you. He's like, "It's good that you allow a retard at the table." He's like, no, "I'm retired." <laughs> yes, he's retired. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, that's fuck. just too much. But I mean, I do think that um, you know, like we talked about how people were so patient with him. I do think that that says a lot about the people that were in this. Uh, minus the few folks that called the police, but I mean, uh, I do think that it just shows how how out of touch we are with reality. I think is is a big message there. Like we we are just so just <laughs> just in our own little worlds that we're willing to believe whatever is put in front of us. I know, right? And I think that that's that's crazy. It really is. I agree, and I think. I think maybe not so much in this movie. He, I really think he's targeting the U.S., um, but I can't argue with him in in it. But I mean, I think maybe in his other films, he he, he kind of drives that home a little more. Um, oh yeah, like with Bruno for sure. Oh totally, just one hundred percent. Like the, Bruno, the homophobia Bruno this, we all have, and yeah. not we all have, but you know what I mean. So yeah, especially when he starts talking to different politicians and stuff. This oh one he was God, a little yeah. bit more like you know just seeing every like the everyman in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, um, and trying to fit in. It, the whole message was, it's it's America does everything amazing, so I want to take what you do back to my country. Mm-hmm. How absurd is that? That's such a stupid premise, but mm-hmm. everyone believes it. Like my my country sucks so bad, they sent me over here to have a conversation with you to tell me how to make my country better. I know. And Oh, yeah, well, just sit down, take some notes. Let me tell you how to make your country better. Like, this is how you do fine dining. This is how you treat women. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Uh, this is how you be a comedian. You know, this is how you drive. And it's it's so weird that everyone's just like, all right, I'll help you out. I mean, in a way, it's interesting and it's and it's kind of human because they are willing to take the time to show this person. Mm-hmm. You know, how to how to have manners and how to do this, but the very idea that he's saying that yeah, my country sent me here to learn how to <laughs> you know learn your ways because America <laughs> is the best and you need to show us how to not suck as bad as we do, and they're all just signing up for it. They're like, all right, sure, let's do it. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? You, so you know when they're in. I think for me, the rodeo is is the thing that you're really like, holy shit, this is I think that's what exemplifies his his whole point of what he's trying to do. And I mean, he says, I hope you kill every man, woman and child in Iraq down to the lizards and may George W. Bush drink the blood of every man, woman and child in Iraq. And everyone just starts like screaming and going, yeah, you know, like all this fucking nationalism. And it, it drives me bananas because only in the South, right? <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It is so ridiculous, but I mean, he's doing that, and and you know, it, yeah, I, I support your war, of, your war of terror. You know, he says yeah. stuff like that. But I think the booze kind of started when he said, you know, drinking the blood of every man, woman, and child. I think people, some people were like, 
I don't know about all that. <laughs> but yeah, for the, it was the national anthem that sent him overboard. But yeah, I mean, he, I think he was ready to get murdered, dude. I, I feel like if he would have been there for another couple of minutes, it would have been bad. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he the had way a lot, it was edited a anyway. Threats. Well, yeah. and that's perfect because that's actually what I want to talk about. You know, this movie's brilliantly edited, I think. And it, it's in a way that creates a narrative flow, giving the viewer added levels of shock uh, as we see unscripted bystander reactions to, to Borat's antics. So, for example, the lady at the rodeo who as soon as he sings that and you hear the booze, she falls over on the horse. And it's like <laughs> the perfect exclamation mark to to that scene. It is like, holy shit. Um you know, but not all the parts were real, surely. Could you spot the fake parts in this movie? Uh, were there any scenes where you were like, there's no way in hell that he really did that. But maybe like the editing really just kind of sold you on it. So I think when I first watched it, I was pretty much on board with what they were doing. I was like, yeah, I believe it. Because then the parts of the country that they were at, you know, I was willing to believe that anything is possible. But it was shortly after it came out in the theaters, I started reading all these articles about how they the film crew would tell the the participant one thing but it was something else and so right. all these people that were playing along you know they they thought that they were getting involved in this uh, film production uh on on different um uh what is the word I'm looking for like uh they had a different idea of what was going to be done you know like the like the the pawn shop or the antique shop you know, they just said that, hey, someone was coming from this other country to check out your wares kind of thing. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, and then um, the the driving instructor, you know, he he was 100 percent on board with it being a funny thing when it happened to him. He was like, wow, is this a weird guy? And he told his son about it. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I think you were part of a stunt, dude. And then the only thing that bothered him was that they put other drivers at risk. So yeah. he, you know, he's dedicated his life to safety. And then now all of a sudden he's just part of this stunt that put people in danger in his eyes. He mustn't you know, hit so, the children. <laughs> yeah. Mustn't hit the children. Yeah. And you saw him like grabbing the wheel. Mm -hmm. He was aggressively turning the wheel. Uh, and so he was definitely taking it serious. But um, I think the, you know, the comedian that's um, Linnell, she, I, I, when he brought this prostitute over there and then she ended up in, in Kazakhstan, that's when I knew it was, you know, she was in on it because she's not going to just hop on a plane and go do this shot at the end of the movie, you know, pumping milk. <laughs> that's not a, people don't do that. And yeah. so I was like, okay, that's, that's probably fake. But like even those frat guys, you know, there was this whole thing where they grabbed a group. Uh, I think it was Psychi was the fraternity and they grabbed a group of these guys and they interviewed them and then they put them in the RV. It wasn't even their RV. They just said, hey, you're going to you're going to see him stand on the side of the road. And you're supposed to pick him up and interact with him. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's not three dudes that just happened to swing by in the middle of the desert and just yeah. pick him up some rando. <laughs> yeah. You know, so uh, too much of it was staged in a way to where I knew that there were uh you know, setups in, involved because, you know, he, he just can't be out in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. with a camera crew and, and we'll hope the batteries don't die kind of thing. So yeah. um, I definitely knew that there was some fake moments. But uh, as I learned that they were just kind of, you know, supposed to play along, then it started to make a lot more sense. And so I, I, I read something that they had about like, you know, 
I don't know how many hours, but let's say it's like 265 hours of footage and they narrowed it down to this. I mean, they had so much footage, more so than even like Apocalypse Now, which is famous for having, you know, all this extra footage and just a nightmare to shoot. But I mean, they really had to edit it down to an 80 minute movie and a kind of a cohesive story. So, you know, I really applaud what they they did with this. But um, using what they had, like you're saying, with the setup scenes and and creating a narrative from him just saying something and maybe it wasn't eventful, but then adding, you know, a reaction shot where somebody turns away and they're like, well, they're like rubbing their head. It's I, I think that that was so well done because it really fit the, the film. So, right. um, but I, I think I agree with you too. And I kind of wanted to talk about, these are good segues you got going on here too. Uh, talk about that uh, RV. So the aftermath of this movie, it was, it was pretty epic. Um, Sasha Baron Cohen was hit with numerous uh, ludicrous lawsuits that were mostly rejected or settled out of court. And I talked about that in the trivia. And that one in particular involved those three frat bros uh, from the RV. You know, that was all it was staged for the most part. But um, the I don't think they told them how to act. I'm pretty sure they gave them alcohol and were just like, just hang out, you know. So right. they, they apparently tried to sue Sasha Baron Cohen for defamation. And I have an issue with this. And I'm curious on your thoughts. Did these guys have a case um, and did anyone have a cause to sue, uh, in your opinion? Did anyone have a cause? I don't think so. Well, none of the frat boys, I don't think. Uh, I mean, they they might have been drinking and they said what they said. And I think that drinking just brings out part of your personality. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, fuck them for just being assholes. Right. Yep. I mean, and the world now knows that who they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's one thing uh, I, I forgot to mention. Uh, the Pamela Anderson one is probably a pretty. Uh, I was under the impression that she was definitely involved in that in some way because security guards would have beat the shit out of him and murdered him had he tried to kidnap a person, you know, especially a celebrity. You know, she has she has bodyguards. Right. And so they would have they would have beat the shit out of him. So I I assume that she was in on it. I forgot about that one. Um, But as far as these frat guys, no, fuck them. They're just bad people. That's all there is to it. The only one that I think has a leg to stand on is um, the one of the. Um, what do you call it? I don't know if she was a producer, but she no, I don't think she's a producer. But she was she worked for the affiliate news company, and um, she was supposed to vet um, Borat before he came on the show uh, to make sure that this was uh, like a real thing. And you know, the the film crew set up a website, and they had all this footage, and and they had like official like letterhead and all that stuff, and so they they gave a you know, this fake persona uh, credibility and she put him on the show. Uh, it ended up not working out. Right. You know, he kept standing up during the interview and then he, of course <laughs> he, he interrupts the weatherman and she lost her job. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because she, she only did this, you know, she, she did her investigation. She did her homework and it looked like it was a real thing. So, I mean, uh, someone that's like, okay, Kazakhstan. Okay, sure. That sounds like a real place. And, and, and Borat, he, I, we talked to him. He sound who knows what the hell that person's supposed to sound like, but sure. I'll go for it. Then they have, you know, these credentials of some kind for a fake uh, documentary that they're shooting. Then it, it, it makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you have him on the show? And yeah, she lost her job. And that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I agree, man. I think it's super unfortunate and she did everything she could and she got duped and that's not really her fault necessarily. I don't I don't like that. They looked for a scapegoat and unfortunately that was her. 
Yeah, that's and that's that's a shame. And then I do know that uh, the town that he's supposedly from was pretty upset with him. Yeah, too. Uh, they're like, "What the fuck? You got this guy being called a rapist and and like humans only?" As he's like walking away, <laughs> that's pretty terrible. Yeah, um, so that's that's unfortunate too. Um, you know, they they look like they are just these, uh, you know, unsophisticated people uh, that they're unintelligent. And, um, you know, they're they're poor and he makes them out to be a lot worse than they are. And that that's kind of sad. That, was, that that would rub me the wrong way, too. If I was being told that we're filming, you know, this and we're going to bring, you know, um, awareness to your country. And then uh, you go to watch the movie and it's making fun of of like rapists and dumb people in your village, then that would, that would be a, a different point. Yeah. It always reminds me of the Simpsons episode, the gummy Venus de Milo when Homer goes on, it's called like, it's like hard copy. Basically it's called rock bottom. And uh, he gives his interview of what really happened when he grabbed the, the gummy off of the girl's butt. But uh, the editing, when they watch it, it's funny. There's a clock in the background and you can see it's like, I was only trying to grab her sweet, sweet can, G, and, it's like, <laughs> and I couldn't get enough of her sweet, sweet can. And it like the clock keeps jumping back and forth. And then um, they pause on Homer, like drooling for the candy. And they're like, no, Mr. Simpson, no, and it, like attacks him. It's so stupid. But I mean, that's kind of how I feel in any situation where you do have a story that comes out like these poor villagers who are like, we thought it, we thought it was going to be a fun movie. And then we got duped and now we look like idiots. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I it was supposed see to be like hardship. It was supposed to show like how their village was in hardship. And it's only like a thousand people that live there somewhere in Romania. And um, apparently I, I did like I did more reading and the supposedly the crew gave them gave the village ten thousand oh, dollars to, cool. you know, help with their schools and buy computers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um it's kind of dicey when you say you're going to do one thing and then do something else. I, I do. I do think that it breaks the the bond of integrity when you say that you're going to do one thing and then, you know, completely turn that on its head to where there's yeah. fucking rapists and prostitutes and, you know, this poor dumb village. That's that's not right. No. But for as, as far as those frat bros, you know, fuck those guys. I mean, they're talking about they're like the bitches. You got to treat them like bitches, man. The whores. And I'm like, yeah. OK, he's like, I don't, I don't he's like, I don't respect them. You know? Yeah. Jesus. Like, well, call me tits guy. I did like that. They kept calling him different names. They call him Bor- Borak, Boris and, and Boric. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was pretty but funny. I mean, that's who those people are. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, I, I am not like just like all these other people that were very patient and, and very honest with with Borat. You know, they they weren't assholes. No, you know, minus yeah. the rodeo guy, the guy that was like the the guy that was running the thing. You know, mm-hmm. like you should probably shave off your mustache because you look like a you know a terrorist. And you know, when he went to kiss him, and he's like, you know, I don't do that gay stuff. Yeah, you know, it's and talking about hanging people. Um, that's that's bad. Mm-hmm. So that guy was obviously an asshole. Uh, the the front desk man that called the police or called the security, he was just you know a no nonsense kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. Uh, so many of the people in this movie were 100% patient with what was going on. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone else had an opportunity to be a real asshole. And guess what? They weren't just these guys. were. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Very well said. 
But you know, that's um that's actually all I have to say about uh Borat's subsequent movie film for oh no, sorry. I always get them confused. Borat's uh, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. It's <laughs> quite a title. Oh my goodness. Uh do you have any final thoughts and what's your letter grade? Um just that you know, I, I don't I don't know how a, a human being can be as funny as, as this man. <laughs> he's I think so he's funny. so fucking brilliant. <laughs> he's and, so funny. Uh, I think he's brave and I, I just I can't get enough of him, dude. And I just I love that he puts himself out there. I love that he will he will do most anything uh, to prove a point. And uh, and he's his his humor is uh, is is at a level that very few will ever achieve. It is like it is like Zen. And I don't know how he's enlightened to the point that I could never achieve uh, such a level. And I I am (laughs) jealous and I'm envious and. Uh, I wish him all the best. And I, I love this movie. I think it's an A for what it is. Um, I, I think that they knocked it out of the park and it just gives um, other people, you know, inspiration to just to just put themselves out there, man, and and do what they got to do. Yeah, I agree. And this is an A for me. Um, you know, I think that this is one that it's it's good to watch every year just because it's so funny and it's always going to have that that cultural place. And if anyone hasn't seen it, uh, yeah, they, they have to because I think you can you can pick a lot of um, what was going on back then and, and what it is now and the xenophobia that there was and the bigotry and it's just it is so fascinating to watch and they only get well arguably better from there and so I think Bruno is a, a fantastic follow up to it and then the Borat subsequent movie film was a, a good addition to this um, and, and very adjusted to the times so I agree man um, cool all right we're ready, we're ready to sign off then? I think so. Okay. Before we go, I do want to give a, a really cool shout out to, I found an awesome podcast and I was, uh, uh, met David on the internet, uh, on the internets on Reddit and, um, uh, we exchanged podcast information. We were just asking questions about, um, you know, like, uh, troubleshooting stuff, but, uh, the geek garage podcast, it is uh, really cool. David is, uh, on it and I've been talking with him and he's very, very interactive with his fans. Uh, he left us a really fun review and I enjoyed that a lot, but his show reminds me of the geek legacy podcast. It is very much like nerdy news and just ridiculous stuff. I mean, they did like a, what's your favorite ice cream episode. And, you know, they talked about like Bo Burnham's inside and they do a lot of movies and stuff. So it's, it's really cool. So I implore everyone to go check it out. It is called the geek garage podcast, and it is on all of your favorite streaming apps. Give them a follow. So thank you for listening to the don't be crazy podcast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at DB crazy pod at edgy armo and at Zach Dale 60, where you can share your thoughts with us and we will discuss them on our show. We love recommendations, so many of them, uh, any genre. We got some some up our sleeves, but uh, we still love having those recommendations. Um, streaming is always better because we're not made of money, and we want other people to watch it too. So uh, it's really great when they're streaming. You can tell us um, any of those suggestions, and, and we'll interact with you. I think we have our email set up too. Is that right, Justin? Yeah. Yeah. Shoot us an email. Is it just at, uh, I think it's on our on our page. If you uh, cl- look at our Twitter bio and our Instagram bio, um, there should be an email button there. Yeah, it's just uh, dbcrazypod at gmail. Yeah, gmail. Easy peasy. Yeah, vanilla face email. 
Please also be sure to check out the Geek Legacy podcast with David, Randy, and Justin. I'm really curious on, um, you said you saw Shang-Chi, and I'm curious if that moves up a bit in your Marvel rankings. Obviously, you know, you can't be retroactive, but I'm wondering how far it would have got in the Marvel bracket for you guys, um, just based off of your viewing from it. So Yeah, I don't know. I'm curious about that myself. It does have the, the recency factor going for it, though. Mm-hmm. It's hot. What all the kids are talking about nowadays. Like Hansel. It's so hot right now. Talking about it on the TikTok. Yeah. Um, But, you know, just please don't be crazy. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much.